This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. State of, and I really do believe this, origin. It's um, in the air. I heard that it's there could us. potentially be mates playing against mates. Well, look, mate against mate sounds pretty... I don't know about that. But if it's in the context of state against state, mm. then all of a sudden I'm in. I'm intrigued. Yeah. But yeah, Origin Fever sweeping the league. Like, we're well and truly uh, on the cusp of the series now. And there's all sorts of things happening. People are retiring. People are pleading their cases before the courts. You know, the courts of origin selection, of course. Mm. Yeah, it's pumped up and pumped up, man. It's an exciting time of year. Yes, I'm excited for my table topping team to be ravaged by origin. You said, I love origin on Monday. <laughs> I love watching it. All of a sudden, things have changed. Ooh, Souths might have two players out. This is so disheartening. Two's a lot. So, but um, yeah, look, we'll get to that. There's another two rounds of football first. There um, is. Uh, with the Blues team being named this Sunday and then the Queensland team the following day. Is that how it usually works? Queensland always seem to engineer things so they name their team second. Correct. I don't know how or why, but that is just sort of a thing they've settled into. I assume by Sunday night we'll know what both the teams are. Yep, okay. But before we get there, we've got a game from last night to talk about and a whole another round to preview. So we'll start there. Penrith go back to the top of the ladder perhaps only temporarily, but perhaps for the end of the round, depending on what happens tonight, with a 15-4 to win at Suncorp Stadium. Yeah, I thought, um, given that Brisbane were without Adam Reynolds, I thought they gave quite a good account of themselves. Penrith, of course, had like a mountain of field position and heaps and heaps of possession. And they kind of did that that classic Penrith thing where they just sort of keep the pressure on, keep their physicality up, and they do that through the entire game. I think it's pretty clear that they came into this game with a plan to really, really attack Brisbane up the middle, try and tire out their forwards defensively as much as they could to try and take the juice out of them with ball in hand, which I thought they were able to do really, really well. And without Reynolds, the only way Brisbane were were ever going to be able to beat Penrith would be to match them in the middle of the field and then hope that Reese Walsh can sort of just pull some shit out of nowhere. you know. And Penrith really restricted those possibilities, which I thought was really, really impressive from them. Um Penrith's attack probably still not quite where they would want it to be. Despite having all that ball and all that field position, they did only get um, the two tries. But I th- it was a very controlled performance, I thought, from Penrith. Like, maybe not reminiscent of their most dominant displays over the last couple of years, but all the things they did, they've done well over the last couple of years really came to the fore in this match. You know, what did you reckon? Yeah, I, I thought Brisbane... We, we, we both said on Monday that we... we might have tipped them had Reynolds been playing. They really struggled without his ability to get some clearing kicks. Yeah. And they were Jock Madden had just a bit of a tough constantly, constantly heaving it out of their own end, just constantly on the back foot. They they well and truly lost the the territorial battle. I know they did have a couple of tries disallowed, some of which were a bit unlucky, some of it's a couple of which they just bombed. But yeah, for me, this was again Penrith just getting back to their best defensively, uh, but still like genuine cause for concern about their attack because as you mentioned, they had a boatload of chances to score a try and really it's the Nathan Cleary show and go which I don't think anyone would fall for anymore but uh, Brisbane did which was really the only reason they were able to blow that game wide open late on and, and again when, you, when you've just got a team that's camped down that end for that long of a game I mean I don't have the numbers in front of me for how many times they were tackled inside the 20 but they had a lot of the ball and it felt like they were down there for most of the night so to only come over the two tries again 
is a little bit concerning. But as always, like you know, if you keep the opposition team to single digits, I mean, this is how they want to comp. Basically, this is just by being so good at grinding teams to dust, and they ground Brisbane to dust in this one. Yeah, I I don't know if there's many teams that would have been able to withstand. Penrith's power as well as Brisbane did. So I do think that is that does kind of balance out what you're saying. I completely get what you're saying. Like it, it was strange to see them have this mu- that much ball and not be able to put more points on. I thought Tyrone Peachy had a bit of a tough one at left centre. Maybe mm. Isaac Tungo's playing. Things are a little bit different. But I also think that there are plenty of other teams in the league that would have been overwhelmed just That's by true. the amount of pressure Penrith were putting on. So I actually think coming out of this game, I'm probably... Like I would, I'd say Brisbane's stock has risen a little bit higher despite the loss and despite the fact they've now lost three of their past four. Because I really, I really was impressed by the way they dug in. I don't know if there's a lot of teams that would have been able to, to withstand it. Um, and I thought in a beaten team that only scored the one try, Reese Walsh was. Who's uh, you know? I'm I'm not quite sure of the word because like. It was like stuff wasn't happening for him, right? It, the, the game wasn't coming to him. He wasn't able to break it open the way he does. But the way he just sort of stayed on the job and kept scheming and kept going for it. He was it persistent. Kept, yeah, he was. It reminded me a lot of some of Ben Hunt's best performances over the last couple of years where the odds kept mounting and things kept getting tougher, but he sort of stayed at it. And I thought, Reese Walsh is a really flashy player, right? You know, and he's, he's good looking and he's fast and he does like, you know, the this is our house celebration and all that. But he's really got um he's really got a lot of ticker. He's mm. really got a lot of steel behind those uh behind those. Well he's a guy that even last week against the Storm and in that game against the Rabbit, he's a guy that's still like busting a gut in the 79th minute to chase down Isaiah Tars and then whoever it was for the Storm yep. last week. Like he's he, re- he, yeah. He cares hundred percent of the I'm, time. I was I was quite impressed by his persistence in this one. And like that that little so I think it was like five minutes to go and he's standing flat footed on his own thirty and poked mm. the grubber through and got it back yeah. with support and if Brisbane had been able to nail that opportunity if all that of a pass sudden, from Madden to Mam's a little bit better yeah then... all of a sudden it's fourteen ten and they're coming down the hill you know and what I mean and, and that was kind of the moment where the, the last air went out of their tires and all that but I was mm. I was very very impressed with with Reese Walsh's persistence in this one even though things weren't happening for him that that to me is the sign of a player who can be truly great when he stays on the job like that yeah um just. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm shocked with Penrith's lack of point scoring ability because I think this might just be who they are, right? Yeah, they, I, yeah. Like they're just a team, especially with the guys that they've lost over the last two seasons. They're just a team that I just don't think has that attacking nous anymore. And I don't think that if they do get into a shootout with a team like the Storm or the Rabbitohs in, in a prelim or a grand final, that that they can go with them in that regard. But the the good news for them is they probably won't have to, because I don't really see a team blowing them open. Like the games they have lost this year, you know, South's got two tries on the bell and even then only scored, what, 18 points. They lost 12-6 to the Broncos. Um, they lost to Parramatta. Yeah, and the, was it 12-6 to the Tigers as well? Yeah. So like, even in those these losses, they're not coming in shooters. They're coming in games where their defense has still been fantastic for the most part. They've just been pipped at the end. And so, if they can just keep doing what they're doing and keep restricting teams and just being so sort of suffocating without the ball, then I think the rest will just take care of itself. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I don't know. I think there's not many teams in the comp that can stand up physically to Penrith. And I think no. that's the key to beating them. So like Souths were able to do it that night. Brisbane were able to do it somewhat in this one. But most teams are just going to get steamrolled like yep. the Roosters were last week. And once sort of they're on the front foot, it's over. And even then, like that South game, they didn't, they didn't have James Fisher-Harris, who I think would have made a gigantic difference. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And yeah, so I think they are still deserved competition favourites. I think they're... I think just with how the last couple of weeks have gone, I think we've seen a little bit of fragility from Brisbane at times. And I do think that there's a clear top two teams in the comp right now. And I'm very worried about losing I, to them in so the finals I, again. I, I would have Brisbane in that three just because I haven't like, just because in this, 
in all three of these losses out of their last four games, not once were they full strength. That's true. Not no, no Haas, have... no Haas and Mam against Seattle. Exactly. No Reynolds so in this the one, only so. team that's beaten them at full strength or something close to full strength this year was was Canberra, who I don't think anyone's quite got on that level yet. So I'd be I'd be fascinated to see if we've replayed these three games and they had all their guys for the for the entire match because I think there's a chance at least one of them goes differently so i've still got brisbane on that level very much so what did you yeah. think of what do you think of some of the refereeing in this one it was quite strange i thought scott Sorensen scored i did too yeah which and then like we kind of like oh ball don't lie doesn't matter because Crichton scored anyway but then that one was taken away so it went from which was right the right call but it yeah. was it went from being a try to oh well they scored anyway to oh brisbane now have a relieving penalty and are yeah. up the other end but like on that on that Crichton one with adam g ca- ca- like that was, correcting i've never the bunker seen that before he was right but i've never seen yeah, that before. I, I don't know i it also it seems to me that like across a lot of the refereeing and video refereeing stuff at the minute, there's a real failure of the process. And mm. while we might arrive at the right call like we did with that one, the fact that the process keeps breaking down the way it does is a really, really I also love, by sign. the way, that if like what Reese Walsh did, I think is a penalty. But I also think that if he just glances at the ball at any point, it's not a penalty, which yeah. I think is hilarious. Yeah. Because like, I mean, some players have mastered that ability, by the way, to be looking at the ball in inverted commas, but absolutely smash into a kick, cha- uh, a kick defender and allow someone else to get the ball. So if Reese Walsh just glances upwards, that's a try, which I think is a flaw in the system as well. Bizarre. But, very strange game in a lot of ways. It was a five disallowed tries, I think. Yeah, it was like a that. weird one. And I feel like if, if any one of those had been given, the game would have broken open. Mm. You know what I mean? I think like it felt like the game was crying out for that, but then it just never, just never really came. Yeah. So Brisbane will. I mean, they're still they're still firmly in the top four. They get uh, the Warriors next Saturday, last game before Origin. Where's McLean Park, Nick? Uh, Napier. Okay, so over the ditch somewhere. Yeah. Try, try. This is a try. Brilliant, brilliant play. I think it's a try. Oh, I don't know if this is going to be a try. Gee, what about this bloke? If you are a new listener of the show, uh, this is our new segment for 2023 called What About This Bloke, where we go back and talk about a guy that you might have forgotten from the late 90s or early 2000s era of rugby league. It doesn't have to be that era, but it usually is. Who we got this week? So, sitting around and naming old footy players is the finest thing a person can do. It's literally my favourite thing to do in the entire world. And this week, beloved patron Wayne, one of our long-time patrons, one of our most lucrative patrons, has come up as a good Sharks man with a good Sharks player. And that is 1990s and early 2000s second row at Nathan Long. A shock of blonde hair. A shock of blonde hair. Maybe the blondest. Mm, the blondest the, boy. Well, I would argue that he might be the most Cronulla person that's ever existed. <laughs> so Nathan Long, for you guys who don't know, he was a, a forward for the Sharks from 94 to 01, then had a couple of other stints at a couple of other teams. But he's very, very much well known for his time with Cronulla. Cronulla Jr., Born and raised in the Shire, right? And a, a, a big unit, you know, has got the sort of rig where you're like, you know what, that fellow was doing that fellow was doing nippers from the time he was six years old. You know, he was born sprinting up a sand dune. You know what I'm saying? Like, he never went to school. He just, you know, just was just bench pressing on the beach until until the, it was time this, until it was time for the sharks to to put out the call. If the Simpsons had like a cartoon version of 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 the NRL and the, they needed like a, the most stereotypical Cronulla player and or fan possible, it would look like Nathan Long. Hundred percent. Like you've you've seen six blokes like him on the last train home from Cornell and they beat you up and stole your wallet. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like 
they talk about I know they, they talk about forwards today like they talk about no frills forwards today like people describe Corey Horsburgh as a no frills forward or whatever all the forwards today have a couple of frills you kind of have to if you want to play first grade these days but Nathan Long was in the Martin Lang mould you know what I'm saying no frills whatsoever I think he played like 140 NRL games and scored maybe five or six tries it was just high stepping hard hitting Power footy. I remember he got in trouble a couple of times for leading with his knees. Yeah. 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 He was one of those guys who had that running style that got him in trouble a couple of times. Yeah. You got to love that. You got to love when someone's got a controversial running style about mm. him. And like he gets quoted in the paper defiantly saying, I won't change. I just got to, this is all I got. You know what I mean? He was running up them dunes, bro. You got to lift your knees if you're That's running. That's true. You got to lift your knees if you're running on sand. Damian Cook understands that. Nathan Long understood that. That's right. Yeah. But he's, um, he's very. He really is is very much of of that time, you know what I mean? Like when I think about that Cronulla team from the late nineties, early two thousands, when they had some pretty good sides, like mm. they won the minor premiership in in nineteen ninety nine, and I think they made a prelim in in, in two thousand and one as yep. well. Um, but it's when you look back at those teams, there's not a lot of guys on there that you would describe as like all time greats of the game. But there's a lot of guys who were like Cronulla greats. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like Mitch Healy's one. Adam Dykes is probably another. Nathan Long is a third. And then you've got guys who just sort of Dean rose Treister. up. Dean Treister. Chris McKenna. Chris, yeah, there's a lot of guys You've got other guys there. who just sort of rose out of the sands for a couple of years, like Brett Howland. Sam Eisenmonger, who scored a hat-trick against South Yeah, South you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just like very typically, very self-contained yeah. Cronulla guys. And Nathan Long, very much one of those one of those dudes. He had a bit of time outside of Cronulla. Um, I think he spent a year with the Northern Eagles, he where did. he ended up playing City Origin. He did. Which, you know, if you're, if you're playing... Blue and Mustard. You bleed blue and mustard. If you play in city country, then you're automatically, you're automatically a guy. You know what I'm saying? That's right. But I think, yeah, I think he played. He played a year with the Northern Eagles, a year with Manly when they went back to being Manly, and then a year with the Dragons. And you know what one, that tells? One first grade game with the Dragons. You know what that tells me? This yeah. motherfucker loves the water. Yeah. He's not playing anywhere where there's not a beach. Do you know who that one game was against? I'm gonna guess Souths. The Canberra Raiders. Oh really? Yeah. Oh four. Oh four. You won twenty one to twelve. What a pleasing scoreline. Yeah, that is definitely aesthetically pleasing. Was that round one? Uh it was round yeah. It yeah. was round one. Yeah, Trent Barrett bombed a try. He beat like six blokes and was diving. Oh, over was the that score. that game? And yeah, then it yeah, just yeah, tips yeah. out. I do yeah, remember yeah, that yeah, game. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, you oh, lost me trying to thought now. But yeah, Nathan Long, a creature of the sea. And I I, th- I like to think that after that game against Canberra. He just retreated back to the waves where he currently rules mm. his underwater kingdom like some sort of Cronulla-based Aquaman. Yep. Yeah, shout out Adrian Grenier, by the way. Whatever, whatever <laughs> the he's one, up to. The one true Aquaman is Vinny Chase. Still annoyed he it. didn't play actual Aquaman in the movie. You but whatever. Me? I am, I am Queens, Queens Boulevard. Boulevard. All right. But well, yeah, Nathan Long, that's a great one. We salute you, my dude. Who's up next week? Well, another beloved patron is up this week. The random number generator has spat out Alex Sergiacomi. Nice. So if you've got a Malta Bene player that you want us to uh, to chew the fat over, please let us know, Alex. Message us on Patreon or whatever platform tickles your fancy and we'll chew it up about, about your dude. Hell yeah. All right. Let's preview um, some games coming up this weekend. Um, starting off tonight, a tasty little 6pm fixture at Cogra with the Dragons hosting the Roosters. Do you remember on the show on Monday when we said... Two minutes after we start recording, they're probably going to sack Anthony Griffin. Yeah, and then the report came out that that was going to happen. Legitimately. Every time. Within two minutes. Every time. Of the show being, po- yeah. of the show being finished. We, we thought about doing an emergency show, but you know, real life got in the way. So let us, with, with the benefit of a couple of days to let those thoughts gestate, 
What do you think? About, what do you think about this? It, it, it had to happen. Didn't I mean, it? it's it's long overdue. Yeah. So, yeah. In that regard, I mean, it was always going to. I I am mildly surprised how bad it got with Griffin this year because the one thing we've said about Griffin teams in the past is that they're grafters. They work hard. They they're never going to give up. The effort's going to always be there. The attitude's always going to be there. They're no, they're not going to win the comp. They're not going to go deep in the finals. But they're not going to disgrace themselves and be and be near the bottom of the ladder either. So for the team to be where it is right now, like basically on the bottom of the ladder, like that to me showed just how sour things had gotten. Yeah, I, I wrote I wrote a little bit about Griffin's tenure with the Dragons um, in a yarn that went out on uh, Tuesday, I think it was, and I think on paper you could understand why the Dragons signed him, right? So Griffin, a safe-ish pair of hands at the Broncos and the Panthers, a pretty good track record of, of getting guys into first grade or what have you, and then he never bottoms out entirely, never won a spoon or anything like that. His teams are always pretty solidly mid-table. So you kind of get a rebuild without getting the the rock-bottom aspect of said rebuild. But at the same time, do you think anyone at the Dragons thought Anthony Griffin was going to be there forever, coach? No. Did anyone think Anthony Griffin was going to be there when they played finals or won premierships or anything like that? I don't he think always so. struck me as like, there's no one around that we like right now, so we're going to sign Anthony Griffin as a bridge to a couple of years' time when we can get someone we like. Well, it's a couple of years later now, and that time has arrived. There's a couple of good assistant coaches, highly regarded assistant coaches like Jason Riles, like Ben Hornby, like Dean Young that the Dragons are, are looking at now. And it seems like Riles is pretty much nailed on. And I, I actually really like that for them. And I think it's a more attractive job for a rookie coach mm. than people might think. You know, I know that they've underperformed this year, but there are good players on that roster. We've talked about them a lot and we've seen flashes from some of them at times this year and in the past. Tyrell Sloan's had some great games. So has Junior Mono, So has Bud Sullivan. So have the Figai twins. Um but I think the big problem is is that while they have they have come into first grade and made their mark, none of them have yet turned into consistently producing first graders. In fact, you could say that the only guys under Griffin who played their best footy, or the only guys who sort of like found the best versions of themselves are Ben Hunt, who's a special case because mm-hmm. one, he's Ben Hunt, and two, he has such a long-standing relationship with Griffin. And then the other one's Blake Laurie. And like they're kind of the only two. But there is there is something there. There is some unformed clay waiting to be shaped by the hands of a master craftsman and maybe Jason Riles is that guy you know but the big surprise for me is like I like I get why the Dragons made this decision now it's probably a couple of weeks overdue but the fact that they could have cut Griffin in October and they chose not to they're so bad at this yeah that that's strange to me because all you've done basically is kind of light the first half of this season on fire and then that's another season that sort of goes by the wayside. And it's coming up on five years since they've played finals footy now. Mm. And they've only played finals footy twice in the last 10 years. Which was is their last game that 13-12? Uh, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Jeez. Yep, and then they they played they played the Bulldogs in week one in twenty fifteen. Oh yeah, that was the, 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 yeah, I and that's that. it for the last ten years, man. It's not much. That's crazy. It's not much. That's since you they know? won the comp, or, or since twenty twelve. Uh, that's since they won the no. Well, they they, no, no, they made it. They, they made it twenty eleven. They made yeah. it twenty eleven as well. Yeah, so. right. And now South Legend Ryan Carr taking over as uh, well. Coach. Ryan Carr, a a low profile, a, a low profile dude to be sure, but he's been coaching at the top level for a pretty long time. Um, I'm pretty sure he was. Coaching an under twenties team before he'd even turned thirty himself. He's so the, say before he even he's, turned twenty. He's that's, one of the very few. He's one of the. I think he's the only guy who played under twenties and coached under twenties. He's one of those guys. As soon yeah, he, as his career he coached South NYC when he was twenty-seven. Yeah, he was. He was one of those um, guys who, as soon as his footy career finished, he started coaching. But he's 
He coached them. I think he had a year with Featherstone Rovers over Do you know in who was on that team, Did, by the way? Sorry? Do you know who was on that South team, by the way? The 2017 one? Yep. No. Jordan Mylata. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. According to this article written by Christian Nicolucci in the Herald today, yeah, Ryan Carr coached Jordan Mylata when he was at the South. So, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's, co- he's coached, um, I think it was coached Featherstone in England. Mm-hmm. He's um, been on the staff at Parramatta. He's been on the staff at... The Dragons for a couple of years. I think he was at Canberra for a year or two as well. So he's had a fair bit of coaching experience for a guy who's still pretty young. Um, and, you know, while we don't know what his team's going to look like, I do like some of the changes he's made. I like that he's brought back Jacob Little. I presume that he's going to put Lomax back on the right side and Sully back on the left, which is another move I like. Um, I would hope that he keeps Ben Hunt at halfback Me too. For, the, for the entire game. But for this game, for this game itself... What are you thinking? Like, do the Dragons get the new coach bump that we see sometimes? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not entirely sure whether Ryan Carr's got the same coaching chops as uh, Trent Robinson, but I agree with you. Jacob Little was having a great season before he was inexplicably dropped. Him back on the team can only help them. Ben Hunt back at halfback where he belongs. Um, th- there's always a bump. There always is. Whether it's enough to get over the line and get a win, I don't know. But it was only three weeks ago when this team was still basically dead men walking that they came back in that second half against the Roosters and almost beat them. So with the way the Roosters are going, with the way that team's attack is just a complete mess right now, maybe this is the perfect time to get them again. Maybe this is the perfect time where you've only had about three weeks to think about, geez, we, we, we almost snuck, we almost got away with one there. We've got the new coach, we're feeling good. Team changes are going to make us pop a little bit more. And the Roosters are vulnerable. I think well, they are vulnerable. How time. many times have we said over the last couple of weeks the Dragons look like a team that needs a change? Mm. Well, they've got the change now. And they've got a fresh voice in. And I think it's pretty clear that some of the players had sort of reached the end of their tether with Anthony Griffin a little bit, you know. And maybe they do get that bump. And I think you're right. If there is a time to play the Roosters, it is it is right now, you know. Because they, they were so poor last week. And while we can expect a little bit of a bounce back from that, it's also, it's also, it's also you know, this is the time... To try and play him. What like what do you what do you expect from the Roosters on the back of a loss like that? Well, they if you remember that Anzac Day game, they they won the, they didn't win this game through their it was this was the first game of the newfangled halves combination, the new look Roosters. Correct. They didn't win that game without heart. They won that game by bashing them through the middle in the first half. Also that correct. game was out of sight because they were just physically all over them in that first forty minutes, and then they sort of cruised to the finish line and just about got away with one. So. I'm not entirely sure with the Dragons' tails being up with what's happened this week that they'll be able to do that again. And if they can't have their way through the middle, and there's no reason to suspect that it will be a repeat of that, just given, I don't know, how the Roosters have gone and also the Dragons should be up for this. I, I, I'm i a little bit worried. I'm feeling a zag. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a, a zag. zag. Is, is Matty zag. Zags about to... Is Bertrand Z Bungard I about think, to show up? I think with a, I think with a, with a pretty parochial crowd at Cogra and the new manager bump, I think the Dragons are going to win this one. Yeah, let's do it. I'm let's zagging. do it. Let's tip the I'm Dragons. Zagging. Let's go. I'm zagging. I'm let's the zag it up. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, you're also zagging? Well, I yeah, just said let's zag, let's it, up. zag it up. Yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. Uh, won't be zagging on the next one. South Sydney playing at Allianz Stadium against the Parramatta Eels in the main game tonight. I'm, I'm a bit annoyed about this, so I'm not going because Poppy, member, season ticket holder, this game, despite being a... Fan emeritus. Yes. Despite being a South home game, this game is not included in South season ticket holders packages. There's some SC tru- SCG trust bullshit afoot there. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, well, they reckon it's going to be a monster crowd. They're talking forty thousand. Yeah, I'm, I'm which a, is which is pretty for a regular season game. That's pretty hard. I've got my pass. I'm considering just going by myself like a weirdo. But um, I don't know, mate. You'll, you'll be there with 
40,000 of your closest friends. It's true. I'm probably not going to go. But um, yeah, it's a shame because obviously I love going there. It's next to my, it's pretty close to my house as well. So a bit annoying in that regard. But yeah, on to the game itself. South haven't lost to Parramatta since John Howard was Prime Minister. I was going to say, so, would, you like to, would you like to dig up some of the stats oh yeah, of South okay. Sydney's recent run against I, Parramatta? I because it is, it's it, is beyond, it's, it's, it is beyond hoodoo. It is... What 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 you guys have with Melbourne in Melbourne, where they just beat you every single time, like often in terrible, brutal fashion, mm. is what you guys have with Parramatta just about everywhere you face them. To the point where I remember there's been times in the past where South Sydney haven't been going great and then they've played Parramatta and you've just like put the feet up, not worried about it for a second. You're like, yeah, we just always handle these guys. Yeah, so since 2010... We've lost to them five times. And since 2020, we haven't lost to them at all. With the six games going 38 nil, 38-24, 38-20, 40-12, 30-12, 26-0. Nil. Hot damn. And then there was one loss in the middle there, 26-14. And then before that, 26-20, 42-24 wins. So, so you're feeling yeah. good about this one? Yeah. I mean, you have to, right? Like, mm. Parramatta are at sea this year. They are not the team that a lot of people thought they were going to be. And there's really not a worse situation that they can come into than this week a packed house at a very loud stadium it's indigenous round you know Souths care about that just about more than any other team does and they'll be I think they'll they'll be they were a bit down last week last week was yeah. a bit flat and I think a lot of that was because of those three weeks beforehand where they had to get up and get up and get up but I think yeah but not- last week was the flat spot and this one like you said there's external factors for what for for why they should why they should get up for it mm-hmm. and then I also think that They'll kind of treat this as like, all right, this is our last big game together before all this origin stuff yep. happens, and we kind of go into a different stage of the season. So let's get let's get into this next stage right on the front foot. Let's like let's build some hurting bombs, man. Let's let's go let's go fishing. Let's let's work it out. Yeah, I, 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 look, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I think Parramatta are still they've still got a lot of good players, but for whatever reason, South stylistically just match up with them really well. And on top of that, they're the, they're the, hot, they're the hottest team in the game right now. They're they're blowing yep. teams off the park every single week. Parramatta do get Mitchell Moses back, which is massive, but they're still coming off a pretty flat performance last week in Canberra. And yeah, I just I'm just not seeing a way that they win this game unless South get a couple of injuries. Well, on in the first on, half. on paper, I would give Parramatta every chance, but it's clear that there's just something going on with them at the at the moment. Um, it's clear there's something going on with them at the moment. I but I can't even really put my finger on what it is. I've said a lot of times on this show that they kind of play to the level of their opposition, which means that I don't think they've been... They haven't been blown out in any game this year. All their losses have been yeah. pretty pretty close run. So, like, I can see a world where they turn up and give Souths a really, really good game. But then if you just look at their track record in narrow games over the past half a season now, it's just hard to imagine that this is going to be the night they turn it around, especially the way Souths have, Souths have been playing, you know? So, yeah, I look- have a suspicion mm. that there's a... That there's a is, 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 is there a, is there a train coming? Is, oh no! Already, you haven't already, you haven't booked your ticket. Have no, you? no, no, no! I've already tipped South twice this year. Ah, oh, okay. So you got to save it. Well, I save one for later. I I tipped them last week, I which think, means I can't do it I this week. But otherwise, I would. I, I'm very pick. confident about um, this one. Look, and again, no. Look, Campbell Gillard being out still is massive for them. Like, uh, I just th- th- there's just a world where Souths are just rolling through them for 50, 55 meters a set, and yep. when Souths are doing that and keeping the ball and not dropping it, then they win. I do think there is going to be a point where Para sort of work a few things out. And, and look a little bit more like the team we've come to know in recent years, mm. but it's hard to see it happening this week. Yeah, you know. So I'm I, I'm I'm tipping South and tipping them with confidence. That's fair. All right, moving on to Saturday at the Sex Coffs International Stadium. 
It's C.EX, but you know, I think it's but, pronounced sex. But you just, you just got a lot on your mind. Well, I mean, mate, read that. And you tell smutty me. boy. Anyway, Sharks hosting the Knights in Coffs Harbour. Um, the Cronulla of the North Coast, they call it. So, Na- right I, think, I think Nathan Long lives up there. Does he? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> um, yeah, Sharks. Uh, Knights coming off a great win last week. But uh, they're coming up against a Sharks team that I think should have a bit too much for them here, although they themselves well, wouldn't... Uh, I, I, like, Cronulla just did enough last yeah. week. Um, there's still no CSU for Talakai. He's out Big. for another week. There's no Cam McInnes either, and I think he's quietly had, had a pretty good season for them in the middle of the field. Um, so I think that could make this one a little bit a little bit closer than than some people are thinking. I think the rap on the Knights so far this year is when they're at home, they're, they're quite quite capable and quite dangerous and quite difficult to handle but they've really struggled to replicate that form on the road with the exception of that draw against Manly in Mudgee um, so by playing this in Coffs Harbour neutral turf perhaps I'm not sure I've, I've kind of struggled to get a read on this one I what I would love is I would love it if we just get another game like the Knights had I against feel the like Titans this is an just overs game wide yeah. open free flowing points scoring like I think we will get that Nico Hines hair flapping in the breeze as he cheers home a Sione Katoa hat trick like that's the good well, stuff well I think he's prime for a big one he's basically in the origin shop window this week yeah so I think he's prime for a big one um, there'll be a couple of Knights forwards I think who are also in that mm. in that in that window. So yeah, we'll see what happens there. Well I do I do kind of like that matchup in the middle for the Knights. Mm. Especially if the like the Safidi twins haven't had a great season, I would say, but they've both got a lot to play for. A big game from either of them could honestly get one of them or even both of them into the origin side. So they've really, really have got a lot both to prove. Origin together? No, they, they haven't because have Jacob they? only debuted in game three last year. Yep. Um so I think they ne- the, the Knights need a really big game from those two, I think they can really lead the way forward for them. I'm really looking forward to that to the to the backline matchup in this one. I'm yeah. filthy that Talakai's out because I would have um I would have loved to have seen just, you know, him and Best and Marju and Mulatalo and Katoa just and Gagai just sort of yeah. letting it go. But I'm a big Connor Tracy guy. I think he's uh, I like Connor Tracy. As far as yeah. like depth players go, I think he's one of the best he's sort sharp. of like he's, sharp. he's one of the best like sixth men in those back lines. Absolutely, comp, yeah. So Matching up on Gagai, though, not easy. Tough. Not easy. Especially when Origin's just around the corner. Oh, he's heating up Origin Gagai. <laughs> he is. All right. Uh, Leichhardt over. Well, hang on, hang on. So, who? Oh, Cronulla. T- yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I forgot they're your boys. Mm. I'm taking Cronulla, but in a narrow high score. narrow high fixture. Fixture is what we all yeah, want. that'll right. be fun. Leichhardt over, 5.30 p.m. The sun will be going down. Uh, we'll be there watching. I mean, the last time the Tigers played the Cowboys there was the Tommy Rodonica's death week when they got booed off the field. So, yes, hopefully that doesn't happen Well, again. I think they were down 30 to 4 at halftime. They were, which, which was famously... Not ideal. No. And not ideal. Half, half the Coltrane covered Coltrane them because like, there's no way the boys are going to... I think the Cowboys had, hadn't won a game that year either at that point. I think it was like round 4 or 5. Cowboys when, were um, last. When Tabuai Fido scored a chip and chase try yeah. after like 90 seconds. They're going to be in trouble sure. here. Yeah. But, um... This is a new West Tigers. That's right. A better West Tigers. Jareem Buller. Who were pretty stout defensively last week. The attack is still not great, but there's, they're getting there. They are getting there. And this is a game I think that they might be targeting as a potential win. Well, to me, they kind of match up pretty well with the Cowboys when the Cowboys are on the road, right? Because the Tigers forward pack, even in that loss to Souths, was really strong. They've been really good for about five or six weeks now. Like, Clemmer's playing great footy. Papaliti's getting closer to the footy we've come to know. Alex Twal has weirdly put together some really good footy, like, and not just 
not just empty calorie numbers. He's bending the line. He's yeah, looking dangerous when he, he runs it a He played well bit. last week. He was unfortunate with the high tackle and the crusher. Yeah, penalties. we talked about it a little that, bit on Monday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think the the Tigers will probably fancy their chances against the Cowboys in the middle of the field, even though the Cowboys have been a lot better there those last couple of weeks. So it kind of comes down to who can create a little bit more. Um, and the Cowboys definitely have the edge on creativity with, with Scott Drinkwater. Wherever he goes, points will follow. But he has struggled a bit with his consistency this year. And not just from game to game, but from like half to half as well. You know, we all know that he's got those beautiful attacking touches in him. But even in games where he's played well in attack, like last week against the Dragons, he's also had a couple of drops in him as well. So it's rare that I would say a game comes down to one person, but it kind of just, it kind of just seems to me, if Scott Drinkwater can create enough points, the Cowboys will win. Yep. If he has one of his tough if ones, if they get dragged into an arm wrestle, they're going to. That's lose. right. Well, maybe not lose, but it certainly makes it a lot, a lot harder for them. You know. So, and I think apart from that game, apart from that game on Tommy Radonica's day, the Cowboys have a really bad record against yeah, the Tigers. They do in in Sydney. Um, in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember there was a there was a great stat when Jonathan Thurston was retiring and he was playing. He's, he's playing at Leichhardt. I love this stat. And he never beat the Tigers in Sydney. That, like that's insane. Count it all the way back to the 05 Grand Final. He never got. He never got revenge for that game. On Tigers' soil. So, you know, if I hadn't... or if like I know a lot of people are Coltraning the Cowboys in this one. They're sort mm. of looking at this one as one that they can get away with. But I don't know, man, if it's cold and if it's wet and if it's not Cowboys' conditions and the Tigers turn up with a little There'll bit of that no bathos. hooting and or hollering. Well, no, so. there'll still be some hooting and or hollering. Like, I'm going to be there. I'm like, a, I'm like yeah. a hooting, hollering nexus. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the loudest, the loudest and... The loudest and dumbest drunkards will just be drawn to me on the Leichhardt Hill, as so. they always are. But yeah, I think this is You're a like real the Pied Piper for morons. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I I, I kind of see this as being a really another really tight one. Yeah, um, Luciano Lealua probably going to be back for the cows after he had those um, those charges the dropped charges. earlier in the week. Revenge game. <laughs> uh, uh, well, he's just a big inclusion because he just sort of gives them more more meat in the middle of the field. And that's something that they were struggling a with. Beefy you know? boy. Well, um, yeah, a beefy lad. I'm going to take the Tigers via a Luke Brooks field goal. You know what? I am also going to take the Tigers via a Dream Buller try okay, off a Luke go. Brooks assist. Why don't you? So How about that? How do we I'll tell you what though, man. The Cows hole. have have quietly put their season back they're, together. They're back. They're, yeah, they're, 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 come, they're, they're but, back in the hunt. And when hmm. we were we were doing the last rights on them a few weeks but ago. now they're a win outside the top so, eight right now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So fair play to them. Fair yeah, play to them. Absolutely. Him. And the final game on Saturday night, the Dolphins hosting the Storm at Suncorp Stadium. Um, do the Dolphins ever play at that Redcliffe Stadium ever? Like, the, always, <laughs> they played you guys there and it seems like that's it. <laughs> no, they, so the, it's, 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 their, it's their Leichhardt. They have three games a year. Oh, okay. So I All think right. they have a game against the Dragons there. Uh, it's either next week or the week after. It's coming up very soon. Mm. But how's this, man? They don't play in Sydney till like round seventeen. Whoops, the Dolphins. Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah, and I think they only have. I think they only have the one, the one game, the two or three games in Sydney all year. Like it's nearly all Queensland I'm and regional areas. They play in Brookvale in like three weeks, dude. Yeah, that's what. That's round, round fourteen. Fifteen. Well, fifteen's close okay. to seventeen. Okay, I didn't realize how seventeen sounded like it was really far. Yeah, off. yeah. That's why I think. That's, I think that's how I got chipped up. <laughs> But um, well, let's not worry about them Sorry, yep. on Sydney soil. Let's let's worry about them on the 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 ocean of the grass that is Suncorp That's Stadium, right. where they are where they are difficult take, to handle. If you can get the Storm not at Suncorp, you want to do that. So like maybe they should have moved this game to Redcliffe. But the Storm have a lot of fans up there, as we know. So yeah, they'll there'll be a pretty healthy crowd for this one, you'd think. Yeah, I, but I tell you though, man, I 
I think the Dolphins have, have done it over and over again now. I don't mm. think you can ever write them off. Like, well, the Storm are favourites for this game, and deservedly so, but I think you've got to give the Finns every chance because they've just shown their ability to beat the odds over and over and over and over again. And if they had Valence Tavare out there, I would tip them I would tip them handsomely. Mm. The only reason that I have not turned my back in on them entirely is because they have replaced Valence Tavare with Brenko Lee. It's true. Another one of my faves. Well, but otherwise, is, otherwise, is, I wouldn't be having this it. This is the only time this year that that gaggle of former Storm forwards uh, play the Storm. Mm. So this is so their, their one chance at me. revenge. And look, those are some spiteful boys. Those are some oh, yeah. spiteful boys. Oh, yeah. So... That this could be a game where either the Bromwiches and Kafusi fire up and have blinders and win the game, or one of them does a war crime and gets sent off. <laughs> you know what I want? I want the the all the ex Storm boys to go up to the Storm guys in the warm up and say, "Boys, today it's anything goes." Get the ref in there and say, "I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do some like really gnarly." jiu-jitsu wrestling yep. like the sort of shit they wouldn't allow in pride mm. fc like i'm talking chin to the eye i'm talking can openers i'm talking like fucking ankle locks and shit and like i'm not letting go after your tap we're gonna do all that and you're just gonna have to be okay with it, the boys like Sometimes this is the sort the of play. this is the sort of wrestling storm goodness that that you know that sort of helped make a dynasty and then oh look who's look who's a late inclusion on the bench for the dolphins adam blair here he comes. Here he comes, bro. The master of, me of the, the master of the dark arts here to wreck some fuck shit. Getting a can opener would suck. Oh, bro, it wouldn't be good. An illegal neck crank. I That's think, all you need to know. I, so I don't think it ever had a name, but I think the gnarliest footy wrestling move I ever saw it was by Adam Blair, oh, and <laughs> and a bloke was tackled, and he was sort of um, he was sort of like on his on his stomach or whatever, and Adam Blair was on his legs. And Adam Blair rubbed his shin on the back of the on the blokes like Achilles, oh. and I was like, that just that looks so gnarly, bro. Just carving out his Achilles with your shin, shaving it down. That's like Hicks and Gracie shit. Yeah. That's hardcore. Um, this game is going to be spicy. I think a lot of things are going to happen. I will tip the Storm, but I'm not betting. Like I'm not tipping them with any confidence. Well, I wasn't overly. Imp- I know the Storm got up last week, but I wasn't overly impressed with them. I thought they made very very hard work of a Broncos team. Couple of lucky were, tries in it that were well below their best. Mm. Um, and I think the Dolphins coming off the bye. I think teams coming off the bye this year have a really really, really good, good record. record it will be hard it'll be a hard one for them because i think the storm do have a few more points in them but every time the dolphins sort of need something they seem to be able to find it um and i'm not doing great on my tipping this year so i need to need to like bullseye a couple yep. from a fair zagging. way out so i'm zagging i'm yes. taking the fins bro right. why not why not and then sunday the the campton doubleheader starting with oh, yeah. the bulldogs at homebush against the titans um yeah, I, I, this this another coin flip game. The Titans a bit disappointing last week. But, I mean, with their propensity for weird shit and the Dogs' propensity to score some sick tries out of nothing, I think we could be in for a pretty entertaining clash here. The Dogs' attack has been inconsistent this year. There have been some games where they've been able but to, they get to do some stuff. But Addo Carback's a big one. Um, but then other times they look sort of really limited in what they can what they can create. I like Olapau starting. I think that's a move that's been... Coming for a while, we talked a little bit about it on the Monday show, how that was always going to be their eventual transition. So hopefully that sort of frees things up for them a little bit. Um, Addo Carback, he's not just a finisher and a try scorer for them. I think he's really important for the team's energy as well. I think he's a real a real leader for them. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that they've really struggled when he's been out. Not just because oh, yeah. he's a great winger, because I, I do think he he sort of really he, he sort of um, really gives them a lot of their energy. And as a younger team that's still coming together, that's something they. They really, really need. Um, the Titans should have the advantage in the middle of the field. We've talked a lot about how loose the Bulldogs have been in the middle of the ruck, and the Titans are really adept at scoring points, but the Titans are all also really adept at just getting their own way and tripping things up and scoring 28 points in a game but still getting done 
by 16 points, you know. So I'm hoping we get another sort of high score and shootout or whatever. And because of bad decisions I've made in the past. Here's Taylor rolling the ball in on him. He's after it. He might have got it down. Oh, he thinks he did. Oh! Cold train cup. I'm making another bad decision now. And I'm cold training the Bulldogs. Fantastic. Go, Birdo. That one's for you, pup. Absolutely. Nah, outstanding. I, um... I, I'm only taking the dogs because I haven't taken the dogs all year. I think there's a chance they sort of pull this one out. Back-to-back away games for the Titans. I don't like that for them. Um, and, yeah, well, like you may, you may as well. You've got to tip the dogs at some point, don't you? That's true. Why not now? Why I will not tip now? them to win, but I will not be cold training. Cowardly. Sorry. Well, last game of the round. Uh, in the nation's capital. The nation's team hosting <laughs> the Manly Seagulls. Um, there's a world where South loser and you are the owners of the longest winning streak in the NRL when this game kicks off on Sunday afternoon. But regardless of whether that happens or not, the Raiders are red hot and they are playing a Manly team that look bereft of ideas right now in some, what I can only imagine will be balmy conditions. <laughs> I, want it to be so, I want it to be so cold that Ricky Stewart freezes solid on the sidelines. I want some Jack Frost type action, bro. I want I want Manly to come up to, to come to Winterfell and just realize that winter isn't coming. It is here. Yes. Um, yeah, like there's a there's a lot of possibilities in front of Canberra right now. Um I know like we have a joke about them, you know, hottest team in the league and a win off the competition lead and all that sort of thing. But like five in a row is five in a row, that's nothing to ever sneeze at. It's not. And if you look at their draw over the coming weeks, it's really, really strong. There's a chance that they only with Josh Papali'i retiring from rep footy, they're gonna have Whiten and Papali'i through that whole period, and there's a chance that they don't have any other origin well, they, players. They're gonna like, play the origin decimated Rabbitohs next week and then the Tigers and the Warriors after that. Yeah, and like there's a chance that they don't have any guys in origin. Like Hudson Young might make it, Corey Horsburgh might make it, but they're also equally equally likely not to. So there's a chance that they could go on a real there's run a here. World and there's where a there's a there's like there is a world, I'm not being funny, where they could win ten straight. There's a world where you're on top of the ladder in like three weeks. Long, yeah. Which is yeah, bizarre. That, which but. is in, which is insane, but it's also possible. And mm. I think that's the key. There are so many things that are possible for Canberra right now if they're good enough to take it. It's all there for them. They just got to reach out and take it. And to reach out and take it, they've got to play teams like Manly, who are down in the dumps at the minute. And Canberra's kind of got to prove that they're as good as their record says they are. They've got to prove that there's a reason why they're a win off off top spot, you know. And I think stylistically, this is a pretty good matchup for them because Manly have really struggled in the middle of the field. I know Jake Trebojevic is back, but Josh Aloye is out and all that. So I think Canberra will feel really good about what they can do with Papali'i and Tarpanay and Horsburgh and Gula and Solo and all the rest up the up the middle third. Um, and I think their attack is, is is there's certainly points in them. It's just sort of about stringing them together at key moments. Jamal Fogarty's been playing some of his best footy probably of his entire career. I've been really impressed with the way that Jack Whiten's been playing. Um, I didn't mention him on the, on the Monday show, but I would like to mention him here. I thought on Saturday night, it was clearly a game that wasn't coming to him. Like the, the, he was, but he always managed to stay involved regardless with his defense and with his kicking game and with his efforts and all that. I never felt like he was out of the match, even though he wasn't dominating with his attack, which is obvious, which is honestly the biggest complaint I've had of him over recent years. The way sometimes it feels like he's not even out there, but he seems to have really nailed that balance over the last couple of weeks. And I've been very, very impressed. So as long as Canberra keep doing the things that they've been doing over the last couple of weeks, as long as they keep winning the matchups they've been winning most every week. So like I, I, lo- I like what they should be able to do with Matt Timoko on Brad Parker, for example. Even though Parker's a pretty good defender, I think Timoko's been one of the most devastating attacking centers in the league this year. There's little matchups like that all over the field that I think they'll feel really, really good about. However, 
Manly, at some point, like Parramatta, at some point, Manly season is going to turn, right? There's there's too much talent there for it not to happen. I don't know if it'll turn and they'll end up making the eight or something, but they're not going to be this bad forever. They're not going to lose every game for the rest of the season. There are going to be times when they sort of rise to the level of their capabilities. And I'm worried that this could be one of those games. You know, Josh Schuster's back. He's got a real point to prove after he's been out for a couple of weeks. Tom Trebojevic has got a real point to prove and a lot to play for after the way you know people sort of criticise his performance against the Sharks and there's people saying he might not play Origin and all of that. And I think what Canberra's really struggled with over the last month is defending back-to-back sets and defending teams that can get the ball wide really early. And we know Manly's quite good at that. And they do have the speed on the edges that can hurt them in guys like Jason Saab and Tolu Kohler and all that. So while I'm feeling I'm feeling good where, that camp, where Canberra's at and I feel like they should be able to win this game, I don't think it's a slam dunk. I think if Manly come in this with the right style, with the right game plan, there's a chance they could really attack some of Canberra's weaknesses. Here's Taylor rolling the ball end on him. He's after it. He might have got it down. He thinks he did. Oh! Cold train carp. I think it is a slam dunk. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you, you are speaking with the, the cautious reservations of a man who's been hurt by these boys too many times. But I, as someone who has no emotional investment to the Canberra Raiders at all, can see that they are a team that is just red hot right now and a team that I think will take care of business at home against a manly team that's lost three in a row and looks completely at sea. So I will be Coltraining the Canberra Raiders. I think I've already Coltrained them, which is insane. But uh, I think I Coltrained them against the Knights, actually, so that's bad for you. Well, I, but, I also uh, Coltrained them against the Knights. Oh, yeah, we did the double. Did we do the double? I don't remember. Who gives a shit? doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, dipping the Raiders. Let's move on. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away. Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Simi Redradra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Redradra. All right, just like we did on Monday with the Blues team, we are going to start the new segment with picking our Queensland origin teams. Uh, Nick, we'll do the same thing we did on Monday. We'll just start at fullback. We'll, we'll say our guys. I think there probably might be a little bit more difference in our back lines in the, in, in the team in general maybe than there was on Monday, but we'll see. So we'll start with fullback, which I think already we're going to disagree. Okay, so who you got? Ponga. I also have Kalen Ponga. Oh, shit. Yeah, right. I, okay, so... Obviously, the big one here is Kalen Ponga versus Reese Walsh. I think everyone's been so impressed with the way Reese Walsh has played this year. I've sung his praises on the show many, many times. I did earlier in this very episode, you know, and and until that last, until that game last week where Ponga tore up the Titans, I had Ponga, I had I had Walsh in the team, and I, I didn't have Ponga in the side at all because I was just I was just worried about how much he'd struggled physically since he came back from uh, from his latest concussion and all that. But against the and 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 even beyond that, even if he was at his best, I would have concerns about somebody who doesn't play fullback regularly playing fullback in Origin because it's different if you're going from fullback to centre. Yeah, another position to fullback in the highest octane, the highest intensity environment, in the cold that rugby league's got the cold Adelaide Oval of Adelaide Oval. There are question marks there, you know. Yeah. But I thought Ponga looked so close to his best in that game against the Titans, and when you count the way he played last yeah, year, yeah, I know when, you can't you can't always. You can't always pay for past performances, but this dude was the best player on the park in Origin Three last. Well, week. I thought he was the best player in the entire series. Yep. I would have give I would have given him the Wally Lewis medal if it was if it was up to me. Who and did then he get it? It, and then uh, Pat, Pat Carrigan, yeah. yeah. And then in Origin Three, 
when it's one of the best Origin games ever played. He it's was the, the best, best of the best, and everyone's at their best. He was the best, and, and he, he got it. That has to count for something. It really does. It's it not really that does. Long. It's not like it's five years ago. It was That's a few right. Months That's ago. right. And so. like past performance in Origin really does mean a lot to me. And he's so always performed well in Origin. Always well. done very well so. in Origin footy. So I'm not a hundred percent on it. I'm, I'm a little bit wary, but I think sometimes you have you have to you have to trust guys. And yeah. While you know, while as good as Welsh has been, and I would have full confidence if, if Welsh got that jersey. I think I think Pong has I think Pong has earned the benefit of the doubt in this one, so I would pick him. I'm going to assume we both have Selwyn Cobo on one wing, and we don't need to analyze that too much. Well, I you I, don't no. So I have Dane Gagai okay. on one wing. Oh, all right, right, because he's he's Dane Gagai. He's an Origin. I have him in the centers. Well, like it, as long as he's fit, he's in. He's in all my right, let's just do, every right, time. Let's just do two. Right, my back line is. Holmes and Gagai centers, Walsh and Cobo wings. You're going Reese Walsh on the wing? Yes. Wow. But on kick defense, him and Gagai can switch around. I, talk me through this. He has to be in the team. He's been the best. He's been the most live wire attacking player in the competition this year. He has to be in the team somewhere. And Dang. I was honestly struggling to think, like, who's the other wing anyway? Oates is injured. Is it Hammer? Do I trust him? Who else is there? I don't really know. Is it Taolangi? Maybe. I don't know. But... You've got Dane Gagai who can play in the centers for the most part. And if you need to switch them around for defensive kick duties, you can do that. Reese Walsh has to be in the team somewhere. And I've got him in there. <sighs> I don't know about that one, man. I don't know about that one. Because like either, either, so you've got him, what, attacking at center and then defending on the wing. But on the last tackle, Gagai drops back. Yeah. That's, that's just a lot of switching. That's a lot of chopping and changing, you know. And I would be, I wouldn't love the idea of him defending in the front line against Luttrell or Campbell Graham. Like Walsh is a Walsh is a willing defender. He gets his body in front, but he gets he gets bumped off a lot too. Like yeah, I don't know about that one, man. I think that that's that's very out there. Yeah. That's very I out mean, there. I have him on the same side of the field as Kafusi, get him a bit of a bodyguard maybe, but I think I just think the way never he's never played there in the year. top grade either though. Like it's a big Fuck call, it. man. Who cares? Whoa, <laughs> it's a big call. <laughs> That's it. Um, well, all right. Who are your and then Holmes? We don't need to talk about. Yeah, Holmes walk up start. Um, so, so I've got I've line? got Dane Gagai one wing. I've got Val Holmes one center. Yeah. I've got Hamiso Tabuai Fidel as the okay. other center. Played center before in Origin. Did a pretty good job back then. I think he's a better player now than he was back then. I like him more at center than I do on the wing. I don't know if he's quite got the work rate to to be on the wing. And then my other winger, I I've got Selwyn Cobo penciled in right now, okay. but a big game from Phil the Power Sammy might Ooh, uh, you do might get him Sammy. over the top. Well, Phil he's played Origin before, he's got That's experience true. already, yeah. um, and I think Cobo has been okay this year without sort of starring. Um, made a lot of errors as well, which I haven't loved. I think he's leading the comp in errors at the minute. Um, thought he's pretty solid against the Panthers. If Sammy has a blinder against the the Bulldogs on Sunday, he might jump over Cobo. But right now, I've got Cobo, Cobo penciled in. Yep. All right. Uh, halves. Uh, Munster and Cherry Evans. Yes. Okay. I thought you might pick Ben Hunt, but uh... well, Ben Hunt's in my team. Well, if, he's if in my you, team, if, as you, well. if you can believe that. Um, okay. So I, I mean, we might shuffle around with guys like starting or benching, but my starting props are Lindsay Collins and Tino Fasumuali. So I've got Tino as well. Um, I've got Mo Fodawaker as my other starting okay. prop. I don't have Lindsay Collins in my team. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I um, I think Lindsay Collins has played really well for Queensland in the past, but I think over probably the last three or four weeks, his form for the Roosters has been really, really down. Fodawaker's for the Titans has been really, really up. And given the depth in that Queensland forward pack, a couple bad weeks is kind of like that's enough to sort of drop you off, drop you out of the out of the lead if you 
if you're asking me, because there are just so many guys who are so, so capable. They've got a real lot of depth in the forwards. So, Mo Fodawaker, origin experience. Yep. Come on down, my oos. Uh, Harry Grant. No, I've got Ben Hunt. Are you starting him? Yep. I've got them both. The same thing yeah, with yeah, Corusau, yeah. I think. But yeah, flip them around. Uh, back uh, back row, I've got Dave Fafita and Felice Kafusi. Correct. I, I think I think, yeah. I think think both of them should start ahead of Kurt Capewell, who I think had a pretty... Um, not the best season for the Broncos. And uh, Patrick Carrigan is the lock. So I've got Ruben Cotter as my lock. Okay. Pat Carrigan's in the team, of yep. course. He's on the bench. Right. Um, but I just loved his work off the bench so much last year. I loved him coming off first uh, as, the, as the first change after 20, 15, 20 minutes and then playing out the rest of the match. Because um, I, 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 I don't want him in there just as a workhorse. I want him, in, I want him in there for his passing and his running and his dangerous things that yeah. he can do. Well, I got Cotter so on the bench. So. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, that's just a stylistic thing. I also fought Awaker on the bench. And then yeah. my last spot was between Jai Arrow and Corey Horsburgh. Yep. And I'm going to go with Jai Arrow. There's not really... We're just splitting hairs. Yeah. South player versus Canberra player. Well, Jai Arrow is what you need someone on the bench that can play middle and, middle and, and middle edge. And edge. He, he's, he's been sensational this year. I think Corey Horsburgh definitely deserves it as well. Um, maybe maybe I drop Fodawaker out and put, pick them both. I don't know. But Fodawaker's been great too. Yeah, but, so my, yeah. my bench is Harry Grant, Pat Carrigan, who we've already talked about. And then I do have Corey Horsburgh mm. on my bench because I think it, it came to me, it came down to Collins or Horsburgh. And I took Horsburgh just because I think he's got a bit more to his game than Collins. I think he can do what Collins does. He can do the the psycho stuff where he comes yeah. on, just runs really hard, tackles really hard, but he's also got a bit of craft to his game two rangers. I'm with his offload and his passing and all that sort of thing. Only one ranger allowed. Only one. Okay, so I'm taking him out. And then the last man on my bench, I want a guy that can play middle and edge. It was Tom Gilbert or Jai Arrow, and I went Tom Gilbert. Okay. I just think yeah, he's been fine. playing slightly better. Um, and I think if everything goes to plan and Fafita and Kafusi play 80 minutes, I can just... Slap Tom Gilbert around the face a couple of times and tell him and Corey Horsburgh, guys, you're going out there to kill people. Like you talk about, you, you talk about, you know, dynamic duos. You talk about Bash brothers, bro. Sending them two out there for ten wild minutes, anything's on the table. Some wild Crazy boys. Tommy Gilbert and the Red Horse. Lot, sounds great good to stuff. Me. All right, so good side be, though. Be lot of lot of on, lot of good players that didn't, that didn't Monday? make it, man. Hey, Monday they'll usually. Yeah, but Sunday night we'll know we'll know who's there. Okay. But like a lot of good. Here's, here's some of the players that I didn't have in my side, right? So Reese Walsh, Jai Arrow, Lindsay Collins, either Phil Samuel, Selwyn Cobbo, and Christian Welsh. Yeah, you know none of them made it. And Kurt Capewell's not neither our teams too, and he's been a mainstay for for Queensland over the last couple of years. So a lot of options. Pretty crazy. Queensland. I think a few really of those guys you side. named, and also Kurt Capewell, might get picked, but they're not in our. Person. Well, it's it's hard to know with Slater because Welch like, was a weird one for me too. I just wasn't sure, like just well, with how I many good middles there are at the moment. I think he's been solid yeah. since he came back um, from that from that ACL problem. But I just think there's other guys who are a little bit more. I agree. Dynamic. Um, with their play, mm-hmm. and I think against that Blues middle of Yo, Haas, and Bolo, you got to have, you got to be, you got to fight fire with fire on that one. And Kurt Cable, I think his club form has not been very good, but I think they'll probably pick him. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to know. Well, it's hard to know with Slater because he's never had to. That's true. Like we don't know how much he sort of relies on incumbency because he's only been the coach That's for right. one season. So I guess we're about to find out. All right. Um, some other news before we get out of here. Mitchell Moses finally resigns with the Parramatta Eels at last. We don't have to talk about speculation anymore. No more, oh, is he going to go back to the Tigers? All that stuff's gone. Uh, staying with Parramatta for two more years. So that would take him up to, what, age 32, age 33 yeah. season? We've, we've, so. Yeah, we've talked about this plenty over the over the course of the season. Um, if you've been listening, you'll, you already know what you think. If you can get a guy like Moses, you've got to do it. Getting a guy that's better than him is really, really difficult. And some clubs go 10, 15 years without having a guy that capable at halfback. So if you can lock him down at a reasonable price, you've got to do it. Yep. Um, you got any other news? 
Well, do we want to talk about Josh Papaliti retiring? Oh yeah, from of course. Sorry, we yeah. touched on it a little I mean, bit before. You, yeah, one of your all-time favorite players, a very important figure in the sort of the context of Pacifica participation in State of Origin. Yeah, yeah, one of the first um, Samoan players who was sort of a walk-up start in Origin for a really, really long time. So. Uh, bit of a pioneer in that regard um a lot of people were saying that like he wasn't going to get picked this year i actually think he, he he's going a lot better than people think he's averaging more meters than per game than guys like welsh and collins but, and um jai arrow as well but so, i feel like there was like a story that you posted in the discord a couple of days ago about him talking about how he wanted to play origin with Corey horsburgh and then yeah turned around and retired two days later so maybe he had got the tap he might have got the tap on the shoulder on the tree he I didn't like he got he got likely. picked in all three games last year but he didn't play a heap of footy it just seems bizarre so, that he would say that on monday and yeah. then on wednesday you're like, yeah i'm hanging him up yeah it was so. a strange one but um yeah man he's been a great player for queensland for a really really long time nine years in the team bunch of winning series it's funny with josh papaliti with look with there's so many raiders guys that i went on like a real journey with you know what i mean like jack white and me have had a as, as just as a fan and a player I've had a lot of ups and downs and you know Jared Croker's had a lot of downs where I had to stick with him and all that sort of thing Josh Papaliti's just sort of always just been really really good and there's never been anything to worry about and it's just always been it's just always been great nearly always been a credit to his club and his state and all that so I never want good things for the big fella yeah um I'm we're, Tim Sheens has said they're keen to extend Luke Brooks so that's your consolation prize Luke Tiger Brooks fans. for life Luke Brooks for what life um, yeah, anything else? I think that's about it. Yeah, well, uh, there's a lot to enjoy this weekend from a footy point of view. But before we get out of here, I will give a shout out to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service. If you'd like to support us, please go to patreon.com forward slash rookies. You get a third show every single week. You get access to our Discord server. You get merchandise discounts and plenty more. And thank you to Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wes Wayno, 360 Bale Bondsman, Alex Sergicomi, Butsy, Chewbacca Snuffleupagus, Dan Cullinane, David, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton, Frankie, Horsburgh Scoresborough, Jace Felix Farnworth, Jason, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, Kicksouts Out of the Comp, Lachlan Hancock, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Smidmore, Maddie Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my name is Matt Bungard and I love Taylor Swift, my ding ding dong is hard and I am sad, Never Trendy, Pat McManus, Ray Stone Gossard, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Shunter, Ty, TB, The Black Vegetable, Thor, Tom Hardy, Warden of the Prison of Belief was and Westlife's podcast. Now that's from that 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 email just has a Campton at the end. So <laughs> yeah, that's the combat vehicle. He's <laughs> changed his name is, up. Is that what? Is what's the? I told there? him. I told him that um because he he was quite tickled that you had to read out the combat vehicle, and I said, mate, you, whatever you change your name to, he's got to read it out. That's true. I'm legally bound. Yeah, to read honor it. bound. So we might have spent a fun afternoon coming up with potential names that are funny to me and him and absolutely nobody else. Yeah, well, I so. don't get it, but I'm glad you're having a good time. <laughs> so, so all of you, thank you. Everyone in lower tiers, everyone who just listens, thank you as well. Patreon.com forward slash Andrew Rookies if you want to support us. All right. Everybody Cam- on that list is an origin player. That makes right. origin plays. Never forget that. That's absolutely true. All right, so uh, we are going to get out of here. Well, hopefully I can end up going to football tonight. I don't know, but regardless, see you at Leichhardt tomorrow. Nick, say goodbye. Happy, good fun, good times. Bye, Bertrand. And it's goodbye from me.